Hello and welcome to the AMA Update video and podcast. RSV is going around and we're here to get the latest from Dr. Paul Offit, Director of the Vaccine Education Center and an attending physician in the Division of Infectious Diseases at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Welcome back, Dr. Offit. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me back. Well, we're seeing the headlines everywhere. We're facing the, quote, triple-demic uh, this fall with COVID, flu, and RSV, and RSV is getting a lot of the headlines in the news. Uh, why don't we just start by talking about where things stand right now with RSV across the country? It's certainly uh, worse than I have ever seen it. Although there are bad RSV seasons and then not so bad RSV seasons, I've been an infectious disease expert now for 40 years and have never seen it this bad. Our, our hospital is absolutely overwhelmed with this virus. It is all hands on deck. Fellows in, in other divisions, uh, attendings in other divisions are now being asked to come down to the emergency department to take care of the hundreds and hundreds of children that we're seeing every day in our hospital. Our, our hospital beds are full. Our intensive care units are full with this virus. It is the worst I've ever seen it. So let's talk about the why. Why is this hitting so much harder this year than it ever has? Well, so one pro prevalent theory is what happened in 2020. I mean, in 2020, we, when SARS-CoV-2 virus entered this country in January of 2020, we didn't have anything. We didn't have monoclonal antibodies. We didn't have antiviral agents. We didn't have vaccines. All we had was the ability to restrict our contact with other people. So we masked, we social distanced, we isolated, we quarantined, we closed schools, we closed business. And what we did during that one year is virtually eliminated winter respiratory viruses. We didn't see any influenza. We didn't see any RSV. So you, you lost that population immunity, if you will, because as those virus circulate, you're always sort of building population immunity. So I think what people are arguing, and it seems to be the prevalent theory, is the so-called immunity gap that we, we lost by having uh, that year. And now these viruses are coming back with a vengeance, certainly RSV, and I think flu is right around the corner. So just the, you know, what you were talking about in terms of the hospitals being full, I'm hearing about hospitals sending patients pretty far away to get treated. It's very reminiscent in some respects of the early waves of COVID. Um, how are hospitals like yours uh, coping with this kind of influx of patients? As best we can. I mean, all we have is supportive therapy. So, so if children require oxygen, we we give oxygen. If they if they require going to the intensive care unit and being ventilated, then we ventilate. I mean, there is no specific antiviral treatment for RSV. There are monoclonal antibodies like palivizumab. Uh, there's a new monoclonal antibody actually that was just approved um, in Europe that is a longer acting monoclonal antibody. It's called nirsevimab that was just approved this month, and that that may also happen here, but. Otherwise, you're just stuck trying to treat this uh, supportively. And uh, so without those kinds of treatments, you know, what are patients looking at in terms of the recovery process for this? Well, I think I think from a parent standpoint, uh, you should worry if one of two things occurs. You, you make, have to make sure your child is well hydrated, um, that if they're crying, they're not tearing or if they're, they're you know, they, they're not they're urinating less frequently that you, we need to maintain hydra hydration. Secondly, is, is, you know, if your child is having difficulty breathing, then I think it's important to bring the child to the doctor, to the emergency department. But short of that, we see RSV every year. Uh, generally, children survive RSV, although certainly there are um, for children anyway about 150,000 hospitalizations and between 100 to 300 deaths a year. Um, so RSV can kill. Um, 
to the same extent in many ways that flu does. But um, all you have for right now is uh, supportive therapy. How do you know, uh, you know, you're a physician or a, you're a patient or a parent, uh, the difference between RSV and a cold and a normal kind of cough with that? Right. So, so um, all of our, all these winter respiratory viruses, human coronaviruses, parainfluenza virus, flu, RSV, um, those, all those viruses could cause congestion, cough, uh, sore throat, and fever, including high fever. What you worry about is when the, these viruses infect the lungs and, and, and cause pneumonia, cause a viral pneumonia, and sometimes there's a bacterial superinfection on top of a viral pneumonia. But viral pneumonias can be fatal, and that's why for the most part, 100 to 300 children do die every year from RSV. In older populations, the numbers are even worse. Uh, well, it sounds like uh, a, a vaccine would be uh, obviously a huge benefit here. I know there's some trials underway for that right now. How are they going? And you know, what's the prospect for a vaccine anytime soon? Well, interestingly, the, the, the first attempts at an RSV vaccine were back in the 1960s. Uh, what researchers at the National Institutes of Health did was they took RSV virus, grew it up, purified it, so it was whole virus, and then inactivated that whole virus with uh, the chemical formaldehyde, which is in much the same way that we make the hepatitis A vaccine or the polio vaccine. What they found is that when they gave that to children, that those who got the vaccine, when they then were confronted with the natural virus, did worse, meaning they were more likely to be hospitalized if they were vaccinated than if they weren't vaccinated. And that set research back for, for decades. Uh, people became very scared about RSV vaccines because of that experience in the 1960s. Um, what we had to learn was that, that the, the key protein for RSV, the, the protein that sits on the surface of the virus is called the fusion protein. That's the virus that attaches, uh, the, uh, that, I'm sorry, that's the protein that attaches the virus to cells. And that's the protein against which you want to make an antibody response to prevent virus cell binding. Um, but, but what you, you, we had to learn was that you had to sort of lock that protein, that, that fusion protein into a pre-fusion state. And uh, I think we've learned to do that in, in, in many ways. This is analogous to the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine, which, which is also a fusion protein, also a fusion protein locked into its pre-fusion state. So we're getting there. I, I think that, that there are a couple companies now that are very close to this now purified protein approach, just, just the fusion protein made using you know, recombinant DNA technology in much the same way we make flu block the flu block vaccine. So I think we're getting there. I think we'll have a vaccine for pregnant women soon because you want to protect children in those first six months of life, especially uh, premature children. I think we'll have a vaccine for young children soon. And I think we'll have an, a vaccine for adults, including elderly adults, relatively soon. I would think within the next few years. That's good news. In the meantime, what should physicians be telling concerned patients and parents out there? How worried do they need to be? Well, not to panic. I, I think, you know, the, the healthcare systems now are being overwhelmed by this virus and in part by uh, people who don't necessarily need to be seen because they have relatively mild illness. I think that, that what we do when we sort of hang crepe and, and make this all the more frightening is we scare people to think into thinking that even a mild illness is very quickly going to become a severe illness and they need to be seen now. That's not true. I think, you know, for the most part, children do survive this infection and do well with this infection. Just make your, sure your child is well hydrated. And if you have any questions about the fact that they're having starting to really have difficulty breathing, then bring them into the doctor's office. Curated from more than 3,000 major newspapers, magazines, and journals, the AMA Morning Rounds newsletter delivers the top stories in healthcare right to your inbox Monday through Friday. Subscribe today and check out all the AMA's free newsletters at ama-assn.org slash myinbox. 
That's ama-assn.org slash myinbox. Now, we typically think of RSV as a pediatric disease, but somebody on my team recently took her child in and they tested the parent as well, because obviously other groups can be seriously affected too. Beyond children, uh, who would we say is at most risk of developing a severe case of RSV? The elderly, where you'll see about 60,000 to to 100,000 hospitalizations a year, and you'll see 6,000 to 10,000 deaths a year. Uh, you're much more likely to die as an older adult than as a child. And and it, you can see the same thing with COVID. I mean, you know, the, the, the elderly, and by that I mean the sort of elderly elderly, people over 75, when they, they get a viral uh, respiratory infection, that can often be their way out, whether it's flu or SARS-CoV-2 or RSV or any of the other sort of winter respiratory viruses, that can be their way out. So this is a killer in elderly adults, and I think we'll have a vaccine for elderly adults probably fairly soon. So in the meantime, while we're waiting for that, what can people do to minimize their chances of getting RSV in the first place? It's hard to avoid. These are common infections. They're easily transmitted by, you know, by uh, small droplets that emanate from the nose and throat when you're sneezing or coughing or even talking. It's just hard to avoid it. I mean, think about Think about what we did actually to avoid it. We did successfully avoid it in the year uh, uh, 2020, but but we had to pretty much never leave our house to avoid it. Uh, once we've left our house and are now resuming life as normal, which we're doing. I mean, people are living and working and playing as normal. And, um, and so these viruses are going to circulate. There's really no way around it. Well, we're obviously heading into a period where uh, being around other people is uh, going to be pretty common here. Uh, you know, what should families do? Uh, in light of the holidays approaching, any kind of change in behavior you'd suggest? Well, I think I think if, if your child is sick, you really shouldn't uh, uh, have them go and interact with other members of the family. I think, you know, the no matter what it is, I think what's happened, I have friends actually who have young children, and, and what will happen is the they'll test their young children to see whether they have COVID. And then when they don't have COVID, they think, great, not a problem. And they send them off to school uh, with their RSV or with their influenza, which can be just as serious and just as deadly. And you need to... Uh, to take all these winter respiratory viruses seriously. You could argue that, that what we should do is that when a child is sick, keep them home um, until at least they, their, their symptoms have, abate, have abated. And then um, otherwise, you know, if, 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 there, if, there is, if you're sick, you should try and stay home. If you can't stay home and you have a respiratory infection, at least wear a mask when, when you're out so that you don't infect others. And maybe we'll evolve to that over time as the winters move on and these viruses continue to circulate. That we'll, The lesson that we will have learned from COVID is, is, that, is not to suffer the sin of presenteeism, meaning that you go to work when you're sick and infect other people. That sounds like good advice. It's the same advice I give my team as well. Uh, thank you, Dr. Offit, for being here today and for uh, all that background and perspective on RSV. We always look forward to having you on the show and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, in the meantime, you can find all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us today and please take care. <laughs>